Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is the graceful Landon McCool. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? <laughs> you, I, I gotta give it up, man. You, you do know how to wind me up. <laughs> like, it's, it's like... Uh, I'm doing well. You know, I, I did just listen to a, a septagerian, you know, wildly ramble for 30 minutes without giving us any kind of answer and then think that walking away from social justice or that, that the commentary that is appropriate for it is that it's going to be a graceful response. Uh, and so I'm dealing with, with that level of, of, of upsetness. But other than that, I you know, we got some football news, as little as it may be from a hour-long press conference. We got to hear from uh, coaches. We got to hear from Dak. So we got some exciting stuff to talk about. I just need to calm down. Yeah. So so I uh, <laughs> actually watched the press conference on my phone in my car. My wife was with me. And I think this is the first time she's ever heard Jerry Jones talk. And she says to me as we're watching this, she's like, does does he say grace a lot in this this you know does he always say it that much? I said no, nah, just it's just a keyword for today's press conference. But that's right. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, the Cowboys opening training camp press conference uh, with Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, uh, some Stephen Jones, and then a little bit of Dak Prescott at the end. Um, the Cowboys did they kind of opened up the the press conference talking about social justice and. Uh, you guys can go listen to that. To that. The, the the whole press conference is on DallasCowboys.com. It's also on YouTube. Um, I, honestly, I don't think we got a lot of information about uh, what the Cowboys may do in terms of kneeling, not kneeling. Um, I don't think who they we passed the buck. Yeah, they, they kind of they, passed they, the they buck. They kicked the can, you know, right. to a certain um, And I will say for you know for Jerry Jones, uh, we've both heard behind the scenes they've been doing a lot of work to to kind of combat some of these social uh, issues. And uh, I, I just don't think today at the press conference we learned anything new. So we're not going to spend too much time on that. Uh, but what I do want to talk about first is the COVID situation. We actually got some news yesterday from Todd Archer at ESPN that several members of the Dallas Cowboys are planning, uh, planning on creating their own uh, little bubble near the facility. They're going to use a hotel, uh, block off a section of the rooms and part of the hotel where only the players are allowed into uh, to create a bubble environment similar to what the NBA has. Uh, and then Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy talked about the COVID situation today. Uh, he said that the stadium is uh, well-suited to have people there. They said that the team is doing all the precautions that they need to to get to the season. Um, Landon, what were some of your takeaways from, you know, just, you know, the front office talking about uh, the COVID situation? Uh, real quick to put a bow on the social justice thing. If you do want to hear good comments, I do think that, you know, Jerry kind of kicked the can a little bit to try to buy some time to come up with a cohesive plan team-wide, which didn't leave very many people satisfied. But if you do want to hear a good answer, I think D Dak Prescott gave a really great answer yeah, uh, to the social stuff. So please make sure you check that out. Uh, regarding the COVID stuff, you know, it's interesting because, honestly, they actually started the, the whole press conference off 
with a long diatribe from Jerry about all the you know stuff that they have been doing in response to COVID. Uh, you know how excited he is. I mean, very much a sell job to try to get people to come into the stadiums. I think, and 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 uh, to try to sell. I mean, tickets it sounds like the plane is they're going to have fans in that first home game, right? That's yeah, absolutely. Home. It does sound like that. Now, what 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 that's going to look like, and what percentage, and that sort of thing. That's all kind of I think seemingly up in the air to a certain degree. But it did it did sound like it, that you know the idea that there's going to be a full you know stadium is already been ruled out obviously. Yes. Uh, and that it's going to be you know packs of 10 or 15 you know uh, seats you know dotted throughout the stadium. I don't think they've ruled so, out though 40,000 people in the stadium. I really don't. Well, I, you know, who knows? I mean, honestly, they spent a lot of time, you know, I don't, I don't know if you saw this part, but Jerry spent quite a bit of time trying to describe the airflow that happens when you open the right sequence of the roof and the door and about how it's a, a, an abnormal amount of airflow that comes. And, and that to me just sounded like, oh, it's plenty safe. So maybe, yeah, they're going to try well, and I'm, stuff more people than they should into that in that building. I'm glad, I know they, got that. That, I got, glad they got that figured out and not the sun part that shines in on the field during game day. I'm well, that, that, you know, that was the funny thing about that. Is that he, <laughs> he brought that up in the context of, of like, he said that something to like the, like an engineer brought it up while they were finishing the stadium. Sure. And I was like, did that same engineer ever bring up the sun thing? Uh, uh, which he, I'm assuming he did. And Jerry doesn't really care because the cinematics <laughs> of it is so great. So It is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I guess the, the the point is is that, you know, they they are not only you know trying to. I think their attack on COVID is multifaceted. One, they know, and I think Dak even mentioned it at one point that the healthiest team now, even more than before with the NFL, where there's so much you know uh, a triage and, and and having to deal with injuries and that sort of thing. More than ever, health is going to be a, a, a force multiplier in the NFL. If if you've got a, a healthy yeah. team that that doesn't you know have players missing, you you very likely might have a very distinct advantage against you know other NFL teams. So I think you know not only are they you know making a hard sell to following the COVID rules and everything to make fans comfortable and 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 try to get people back into the stadium, but you know along the lines of what you mentioned. They have now, uh, uh, you know, gotten together at the Omni, which is actually physically attached to the Star. If you if you aren't aware, it's it's part of the Star Complex. So basically, they can just walk fully indoors from their uh, hotel rooms to their training facility. And then uh, Dak had mentioned that it was he thought ninety percent of the team uh, was 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 taking part in this, which is. Very good. Like that's a very high number I considering mean, it I, it was very last minute and, and, and all that. I, I think that's that's very good. Don't you have a feeling that this was probably Dak behind this? Right? Maybe. I, I know, just get the sense that this is Dak saying, Hey, let's be smart about this. Let's 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 do this to get ourselves ready for the season. I, I think that Dak definitely it sounds like was was leading the charge on a just recently revealed kind of gathering of skill players at his own home mm-hmm. with his football field which he talked about the football field by the way i don't know if you saw that i did he's yeah. talking to, he's talking about how he's always wanted a football field so he just got one i thought that was great uh and so you know he i i think jerry obviously was all about trying to leverage all the uh assets that they uh, the cowboys have in order to kind of get an advantage so i'm assuming that jerry was obviously very heavily involved in this as well but i i yeah I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Dak-generated thought. 
Yeah, we got a lot of interesting things uh, from this press conference. We're going to continue to talk more about them, but wanted to tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On and the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Okay, Landon, uh, Jerry Jones also talked about Dak Prescott a little bit. And again, I I don't think a lot of this is surprising. He called uh, Dak one of the, the best people he's ever been around. He said that the Cowboys believe he is their future quarterback. Uh, they think he's an outstanding football player. This was all the stuff we already knew, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that was um, a little bit interesting about the Dak and the contract situation overall was that at you know, at some point when Dak was talking about it, you know, first off, Dak made it very clear that he's not concerned about the contract. He is still wanting to be a Dallas Cowboy. Yes. I think, you know, it doesn't sound like this is going to necessarily be a deterrent to him being signed, which is ultimately There's no the hard feelings thing. either way. That's, yeah, that's the it's big ultimately the only thing I care about, really. Yeah. I don't really care about how much they sign him for as, as much as, again, as much as others do because, we, like we discussed, it's 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 a deal no matter what he signed no, to. Yep. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that at the end, uh, near the end of his speaking, I think it was, uh, he mentioned that he thought that his agent, Todd France, and Stephen... At the end of the day, near you know when when negotiations were winding down, they realized that they weren't going to be able to finish up because of uh, of the deadline, and, and obviously they mentioned that the COVID thing did really wreak havoc into a lot mm-hmm. of this. It sounded like Todd France and Stephen Jones had come to a kind of an understanding closer to the end, like they had like started to see each other a little more eye to eye on some of this stuff. So that does give me a little bit of optimism. Um, with uh, uh, that, I I guess more optimism than I had, you know, before the press conference, just because I, you know, I, I hadn't heard the words from these people yet. Yep. But it does sound like that everybody seems to be uh, in, in, you know, kind of general uh, agreeance that okay, yeah, we, we ran out of time, but we are all parties are very willing to pick this up once we are eligible to and and, and to get this deal done long term. I, I really don't worry about this. There's people no. on Twitter that are way more concerned about no. Prescott, yeah. this being Prescott's final season, or we're in the last two years of Prescott ever playing for the Cowboys. And we're going to hear it all season from like all the, you know, all the other crossover shows that we'll oh, do with the, you know, yeah. saying like all the other outside fans, the national media, they're all going to want to know, well, how's Dak been playing on the franchise tag? I, I mean, I think today, kind of for, or at least me and for us, put all that to bed because I, I I wasn't super concerned about it before, but now I'm really not concerned about it. But I do feel like we are probably, it's going to be a talking point for, you know, game pro- broadcasts and, uh, you know, yeah. outside media for the entire season. Okay. I'm going to just, we're going to finish up on this because I don't want to talk about Dak too much, but no. uh, Prescott grew up a massive Dallas Cowboy fan. He is now the Dallas Cowboys quarterback on a team with 
arguably the best wide receiver trio in all of football with an offensive coordinator he loves and a head coach that should be able to maximize his skill set. Why is he going to want to go anywhere else? Well, he also just built he also built a football full length yeah. football field in his backyard. I don't think that's going to help his resale yeah. value. <laughs> and also playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys is what arguably the biggest position, you know, your biggest starter on any team in any sport, right? I mean, yeah. is there any other it's, one that's a bigger, you know, gets a bigger there's, spotlight? There's no sport position that is a bigger walk-in spotlight than the Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. I mean, you, you can create a bigger spotlight if you're Michael Jordan, but there is no, you know, team already team, shined yep. on your spot, bright, bright spot like like when you step in as the starter of the Dallas Cowboys. He's not leaving to go be the quarterback on a bad Jacksonville team or whatever. You know, it's just, it's not happening. And I would, and I think, let's make a mutual agreement right now, Landon. Let's not talk about the Dak Prescott contract for the rest of the season unless we get some massive news. Are you okay with that? Yeah, as long as you're holding me to it, that's fine. Yes, okay. Yeah, Uh, okay. Let's talk about actual, actual football news. How does that sound? Good. Ugh, there's there's only a few, few a few lines of it, but we got some. Uh, yes, let's do it. Yes, we. T- come on, DFW reporters, give us some actual football <laughs> stuff to on, talk guys. about. Help us out here. I know you guys listen to this podcast, so um, all right, let's go ahead and start with this. Um, Joe Looney uh, sounds like he is going to get the first snaps as the team center uh, once they kick off official practices, according to McCarthy. Um, but he did mention getting the best five uh, offensive yep. linemen on the field. Is this surprising to you at all? No, I mean obviously, you know, Biadish is a rookie. You're gonna, you're gonna, the guy that has started before on your team and has experience is going to get that first crack at that job, at least until uh, Biadish gets up to speed. Now, and we also don't know if there are any other candidates at that spot. I mean, I think they've spoken very highly about Tyler Biadish and, mm-hmm. and Joe Looney. Obviously, is your former center. But does Connor McGovern get a shot when when Connor Williams comes back? Does Connor Williams get a shot? Does, you know, so does Adam Redman factor into this at all, or is he you know a a, a guy that's just been held over from the previous yeah. Uh, yeah. you know previous administration? So I, I think all of those are very interesting uh, uh, you know things to consider. And you know the other piece of news that they mentioned was Connor Williams is off pup. But not quite back, ready to you know be ready to practice full speed. So, which seems uh, about right given the the time. Yeah, frame, the right? timeline of everything, right? He's, yeah. He sounds like he's on on track. Uh, but what that means is that you know they're going to get a nice good look at Connor McGovern mm-hmm. uh, and see where he is at his development, and and he's going to get some shots at left guard, uh, first team left guard, while Connor Williams is is away, and and that I think is a good thing, frankly, for everybody because it's we we kind of don't have a ton of time. And so we have an idea of what Connor Williams is. Uh, I think you need some time to evaluate what you have in Connor McGovern. Yeah, I also thought it was notable that they talked a little bit about McGovern being ready to practice, um, and that you know he is going to get once they officially kick off practices, which I think is a week from now. Is I think with the first padded practice, Friday uh, is shells, and then Monday is the first padded practice. Right. Uh, it's going to be McGovern at left guard, and I'm excited. Uh, I think yeah. you know he is somebody who I'm really excited about because of you know how good he was at Penn State. I think it makes sense for him to be your swing guy at least early in the season because he does have experience at center and uh, guard. Let Looney start, assuming Connor Williams is ready for the season. That's probably your best six if you look at it that way. You know, with that you know the six offensive linemen, um, you know the one guy coming off the bench. I think that makes the most sense. Um, 
Any other thoughts on the offensive line before we move on? No, it just, I mean, it's good to get some kind of confirmation about, you know, how this is going to look early on. And, and I do think it's good that, you know, one, one of my concerns was the ability of Connor McGovern to get snaps with the first team with the abbreviated training camp. I think this, you know, with Connor Williams, I mean, obviously you want Connor Williams healthy, but he has experience as a starter. He, you know, he knows what's going on. I think it's good to get Connor McGovern some opportunities to see snaps with the first team, get some experience there. Uh, and then once Williams is fully healthy, he can step back into that role or they can battle it out or however they're going to see that play out. I agree. Um, should be a little fun offensive line competition this year. Um, let's uh, take, yeah, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, talk more about the press conference. Okay, Landon, I'm going to read you a quote from Dak Prescott, and I want your thoughts on this one. Uh, this is Dak Prescott talking about the coaching staff. We haven't been, oh boy. <laughs> we haven't been as smart as we need to be in the game of football, and I think that's what these coaches have added. Just got us all speaking the same language. What's your takeaway there? Well, I mean, I think it's not very veiled. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> what, it, what he's saying. Um I don't think I don't I think he's saying right that Jason Garrett and Kellamore and the quarterback haven't always agreed you know saw everything eye to eye right sure I I, I tend to think that yeah I, I don't think uh, yeah I, I think smart may have been it's not the right a, word but it's not the right <laughs> word but it's it's a very telling word <laughs> uh, I I think yeah look they've been very. Uh, Kellen and Dak want to go. Yeah, I think I think Jason uh, was trying to hold them back in the sake of winning football games, thinking that that was a, a a more stable way of winning football games. That's but that's also Jason Garrett's philosophy, and has been Jason Garrett's philosophy mm-hmm. forever. So, you know, again, I don't think it's. I think Smart was kind of unfair I, I think I think I don't think Dak was being unfair I think Dak was just speaking off the cuff and that's what came well, out well I was gonna say the other word that he used about four times in the next couple sentences was communication he said the communication yeah. between McCarthy Kellamore and him has been incredible and he's really excited this year because they all seem like they have the same goal in mind right and obviously that goal was to win football but I think football games but I think the way to do that I think they're all aligned Right, they all yeah, want to I play mean, that fast-paced style of offense. I mean, it's hard not to look back at what was going on last year and think that it was sort of a hodgepodge. I mean, just oh, of course. again, like uh, as much as Killen Moore wants to do, I don't know. He was working in the confines of the playbook that was here, and I think that now he's going to be able to be free of a lot of those confines and and actually be working with McCarthy to kind of develop his ideas uh and then actually fully implement them as opposed to all right new guy we'll we'll, we'll give you some opportunity let's try a couple of different things and then kind of reining things in when when you feel like things get tight sure. like I, I just think that that's the difference is that this the kellen moore way of attacking a defense is the way that they're doing it this year it's not going to be a with some input from kellen moore and jason garrett ultimately deciding you know how the play sequencing is going. Yes. So I think that's really, you know, been the key is that there's full communication 
I think, you know, it's been a, a process over the years. Is, is Dak getting more and more say into what's going? I think when Kellen Moore was brought in, Zach's say increased even more because Kellen finds that information useful. Mm-hmm. And I think that now McCarthy's here. They've taken that even to a further step where those three guys are communicating very fluidly about what the offense should look like, how aggressive they should be. And I think just maybe they are more on the same page about how they need to attack things. Yeah, I just think when you have people who have the same philosophy about life or about football or whatever, it's just easier to communicate your thoughts, right? Because you kind of know where they're coming from on certain things. And I think, again, I think McCarthy, Kellamore, Prescott all want to play football the same way. So it's easy for them to say, okay, this is what I like on second down and eight. And it's all tied up into the same thing. They're, they, they probably have the same... Uh, personnel packages in mind and route combinations. I when you brought in Kellen Moore, who was really more of a Scott Linehan hire, who you know Scott. I don't even think Scott Linehan always agreed with the way Jason Garrett coached offense. It was again, it was kind of a hodgepodge of bringing in these guys to design an offense. Well, uh, even then too, Linehan was a uh, Linehan and, and Garrett are both Coriel guys, yeah. and 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 Moore. You know, I mean, he learned under Linehan because he got drafted by, by the, the Lions. Lions. Yeah, exactly. But, 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 but Moore is a West Coast guy. Like if you go, go back into college and, and, and back into all of that, they, they, you know, it's West Coast principles that they're bringing in here, right. you know? So, so I, I, that's why it's kind of interesting now that it's like, they're not changing the offense, but at the same time, the off the head coach and the offensive coordinator are both, West Coast guys, uh, you know, fundamentally. Uh, obviously, Moore has some Coriel and, and Dak has some Coriel in there because of, of uh, you know, their development in those systems right. underneath those coaches right. while in the NFL. But, but uh, you know, I would even argue that Dak, going back to, you know, his time at Florida with Dan Mullins, like that's more of a West Coast offense than it is a Coriel offense, sure. you know? So I, I think that's, that's what is going to be interesting is that, you know, as they move through this, do they start kind of peeling away uh, a lot of the Coriel aspects of this offense and replacing it with West Coast? And then maybe just keep a couple time, of the plays yeah. they liked to, to uh, you know, uh, enable them to take some shots down the field. I could certainly see that. It's not going to be a full, you know, retool of the offense or rebuilding of the offense in one year. But I think there are going to be elements of the West Coast. You're going to see a lot of Coriel stuff. Um and I think that's good. And I think that's why Prescott's so excited about this year is because I think he does have a head coach that listened, listens to him and agrees with him about passing and the way that you should do it in the NFL and times to be aggressive and when not to be aggressive. So uh, a lot to be excited about. Any other takeaways from the press conference? I think we nailed just about everything. Yeah, I mean, I think McCarthy uh, just... <laughs> laughing at how ridiculous the communication was and and I did think it was I don't know if you caught that but there was a time when they asked him a question about communication and he had to like wait can you repeat that back to me please (laughs) and I thought that was very poignant just because you know communication can be extremely difficult in the era of the zoom anybody who's currently got a job that requires them to be on zoom meetings knows that Um, so I, I think that you know it's interesting to see McCarthy interacting with all of this because he seems 
a lot more off the cuff. Yeah. I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a little bit, you know, he's allowing himself he's to be a little not bit Not so more robotic. Human. Yeah, to say he's yeah, not so sure. robotic. Well, you know, listen, you want to say what you will about Jason Garrett, but we talked about that. That's not the worst thing to be. New. You know, no, I mean, no, no. ultimately, the, the idea is that you don't want to give fuel to the Dallas media, which, you know, is the Dallas media, then, then, then I can understand why a coach would be robotic. So we'll see. I, I think it's more fun for all of us. But there also could be downsides there eventually, yeah. you know, when, when the relationship, you know, kind of loses a little bit of its shine. McCarthy is just such a football guy, and you can see it yeah. as he answers these questions. And, man, he hates the he hates doing this communication and the media stuff. You can just yeah. see it like he I know when he's up there, he's talking. He's just thinking I could be using this time to watch film or work on passing concepts and anything. But instead, I'm having to answer your guys' dumb questions over and over yep. and over again. So yep. uh, it's it's fun. This opening press conference every year gets you excited because you know the season's right around the corner. Um, uh, we, we, we picked up as many notes as we can. I'm sure we're going to have to continue to do this over the next couple of weeks as, you know, training camp footage is going to be limited, no preseason, but uh, we'll continue to keep you guys updated on all the rumblings out of Dallas. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.